Welcome to another edition of the Lakeland Sports Guys. He's Chris Cox. I'm Tom Care. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys, joined by Stan Spivey, who's back from wedding planning making <laughs> down at the beach. Glad yeah. to have you back, Stan, back in Greenwood here once again. Happy New Year. Yeah. Same to y'all. Which means spending money, Stan? Is that what it means? Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's broke. Right. That's why he came around to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> We're glad to have you with us. Got a lot to talk about. All kinds of stuff happened over the weekend. Uh, matter of fact, uh, you look at Clemson's base, or basketball team. They come up with a big win over number tw- or 19 uh, Duke in the process of all of that. Carolina, I don't know what happened with their basketball team. We thought, <laughs> gosh, they just clobbered Kentucky. It's going to be great. And then they fall apart against Texas A&M. So we'll discuss that. We'll look at what's going on here with the Lander Bearcats as well as the Erskine Flying Fleet. And uh, I, I dabbled a little bit into uh, Presbyterian this okay. weekend as well. And we may uh, talk a little bit about that uh, and what's going on. Then we got some local stuff that's happening with some of the high schools. Um, unfortunately, Greenwood did not fare, fare very well against Greenville on Friday night. Um, that one kind of went the wrong way for both the boys and the girls in that one. Uh, however, the Emerald girls basketball team is, is on fire right now. Yeah, I saw the so, score of that one. Yeah, so. what they did to Chester, they pick up a big region win uh, in and amongst all of that as well. So we've got that to talk about as well as some other things. And we'll talk a little fishing at the end of the show, guys. Barry, so, you uh, hear that. Got to get, <laughs> get that in there. Um, over at 96, they've got a 13- and 14-year-old that are just phenomenal. So uh, we'll talk a little bit uh, bass fishing to go along with it. I might could have done that back in the day being from the big city. Man, fishing was big. I yeah. had many ponds. Did you have your own boat? I had John boat, yeah. It wasn't no <laughs> I had John boat, which it I was lucky to have that as a kid. It wasn't one hundred thousand dollar bass. No, sir. I, I, 14 we didn't. We didn't have the NILs in high school, which is <laughs> no. coming, but it's coming to high school. That's, I read that's it, middle isn't it? school there, isn't that? Yeah, uh, that's yeah like you're right. Yeah. Grade. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's probably just some kind of rule against taking your own boat out there. More than likely, you can't do that either. <laughs> the way Jerome is with some of these rules, but nah, it's pretty cool that you actually throwing fishing in and some other stuff. So, what you're telling me about Greenwood, Greenville, the rivalry? We got to wait for baseball season. <laughs> uh, well, we got one more game against Greenville. We'll see if we okay. can come back and win. That well, they've so. already. Sp- well, that would be for the split, though. So yeah. we got to wait for baseball season. Mm-hmm. We'll All right, <laughs> see where it goes from there. Um, I did tell you. Uh, Prior to the podcast going on, Greenville, too, is kind of taking the next step. They went ahead. They paid Nick Saban to come and talk to their team later on the spring. So uh, the GOAT's going to be in the upstate later on, probably around March or so. What kind of <laughs> – how much is he getting paid up that's, there to be? That's to, one to, where did Porter get the money to have him come? To be and throw – who's paying it, though? That's the question. <laughs> who's paying it in Greenville? We need to find out. We'll see where it goes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get things started. We'll start uh, a little bit with uh, kind of a a former Clemson quarterback, um, Chase Bryce, who's with the Mountaineers up there at App State. He went ahead and officially declared over the weekend that he is going to the 23 NFL draft uh, after playing in Clemson from 17 to 19. And then he went over to Duke, played for a year there. Uh, and then what he did for App State for two years was phenomenal. Um, does he have any that. eligibility left? He does not. He has <laughs> so used how, how all four years. You declare for the NFL when you don't have any eligibility. <laughs> you got everything This is else. the only choice you've got. Yeah. So Stetson's going to declare today too, I guess. I guess he is. Okay, okay. That'll be that'll. Like just... I tell you, they'd be smart to hire him as a grad assistant <laughs> right now to keep him on that staff. Here's the thing I was thinking about. I had a discussion today with a Jets guy, McCormick, and he loves his Jets and he loves all the other stuff, Mets and everything else. But anyway, we were talking about Zach Wilson, the former quarterback at App State, um, and how he had just – gotten benched because he just wasn't that player they thought. 
Um, what are the odds this happens to poor old Chase Bryce? I mean, because I think he's a really good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's like Stetson. I don't think Stetson starts in the NFL, but you better take a shot on him because if you, you bypass him, you might miss something good. But Stetson Bennett in the 29th is a guy that we would love to have a guy like that in New England. Hint, hint, we always get those players. And I would love to see New England and Kraft to go get Bennett, Barack Bowers, and uh, McConkie. Because Lad McConkie's the same way in New England. We love receivers like that. But Bryce is going to be one of those guys. He's not what we call that typical fit for a certain program. He adapts, just like he did at Clemson, just like he's well, he Yeah, particularly the adapting he did at Duke mm-hmm. was probably the biggest attribute that you could see to his, to his game. So if he goes to a Pittsburgh Steelers who's established and they got Kenny Pickett and would be a really good back, I'm saying this, this kid could be that guy that you want. Like, look at Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant last mm-hmm. year in the draft, and now – the only reason San Francisco is still in the playoffs because of Brock Purdy, who nobody won. That's the kind of guy you're going to get with with Bryce. I mean, with Chase Bryce, and he's going to be a good pick. Somebody's going to get him. I mean, I just I'm like Stan. I was like, did he have to declare? Or is it just the the known, the given? Given so that speak? he was going that way. So. Well, the thing too with with both of them and Bennett more so than Bryce, um, the physical attributes mm-hmm. are they going to be able to stay healthy? I mean, because. Bennett is small frame fella. He doesn't have a lot of meat on his bones. Now Bryce has a little bit more meat on his bones, a little bit taller. Um, it's going to take the right situation, like what you're talking about, Chris. If he, both of those could be great backup quarterbacks, uh, both of them know how to win, want to win, and will put the work in to get it done. To, yeah. to get it done. Um, Pro ball is a little bit different, though. I mean, you've got to perform, and you've got to get out there, and you've got to be ready. It, I can see it, but they got to get to the right program. And you're probably going to see both of them as a preferred walk not a preferred walk-on, <laughs> but a, a free agent player signing and going to camp and trying to make the roster, probably make the roster as a scout team quarterback and go from there and hope for the best. Uh, Bennett's got a lot more going for him than Bryce does, but Bennett, is is he a product of the of the program? Program, yeah. yeah that. And that's I the mean, case. When, you've got, when you've got great players around you, you can be great, and you can make them better. But if you go, and I don't mean this for Detroit right now, but because Detroit is starting to play better football. But back in the day, I mean, they took Stafford out of Georgia. Great quarterback. The kid got killed for till he could get out of his contract. He got dead and as soon, as soon as he got As soon as he got freed of his contract, he bolted. He wanted to go play with somebody that would block for him and that he had some receivers that could catch the ball. And, but it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. It is, and I think Stetson has probably the better – He'll probably get drafted in the first round somewhere just and probably will go. But with Chase playing in that group of five, you know, his his path is going to be a little bit harder, I think, in finding an NFL team. Uh, and like you said, probably going to be that, uh, um, you know, a free agent that draft that he's going to end up getting in and having to prove himself in that regard. Well, it'll be yeah, in, and it'll be interesting to see <laughs> if either one of them get invited to the combines. I, no, they get invited I think to the combine. Uh, that's when it'll separate, and you'll find out who is what. 
I mean, you're gonna, yeah, like you said, the combine is gonna be huge anyway. But like you said, we're only talking about what a couple months from the draft yeah, in April, so you're not very far away at all. And I mean, you, you're gonna have kids like you got to think about Stetson Bennett. He's gonna be in there with the pool with Max Duggan, who he beat out in the mm-hmm. in the championship game. But I mean, Max is that prototypical six five. Yeah, you know, two forty pound quarterback that can run, um, but you got you got to take a chance on either one of these guys. They're they're good football players. They would be even better coaches. That's why I said it's. I mean, uh, Curry would be smart if he would, um, pun intended, um, to go ahead and just sign this guy's a grad assistant right now and say, look. Do you really want to go out there and play and get hurt and get yourself, or do you hey, want to stay with the University you, of Georgia? You forget, you forget this guy's been in college eight years. How many more graduate degrees can he get? Well, yeah, at least at that point, play. yeah, he's got a little bit of time left. I mean, he, now, he, he probably made enough NIL money. You wouldn't even have to pay him. Just come yeah. in as a volunteer coach this you know, year. Does Georgia have any any uh, analyst positions that are open. still open? Probably. <laughs> they got defense, so if Muschamps there is a defensive analyst instead of a quarterback, Coordinator, which he is now coordinator also, but or a, a, assistant coordinator. I mean, there's room for him there, but I'm like, I, if it was me, I'd want to get out and say, look, I'm already 26 years old. Right. Now, Chase is how old? Same? 25, 26, 26 yeah. yeah. I mean, they're very fortunate right now because you got two leagues starting up right now. you got our favorite. USFL's kicking mm-hmm. off. You got XFL, and then you got draft coming. No, that'll up. if they don't make the draft. So and go there's there, a lot of potential there. And then you know, like like I told you, saying you weren't here, but one of my, one of my friends on Facebook for years, I didn't realize who he was, but his name's Brad White out of Columbia. Parker White's dad, and I, I reached out to him when Parker signed the, what they call a futures deal now, which I wasn't familiar with that either. But that's what this kind of deal. What you're talking about, a, a preferred walk on. It's a futures deal. is what it would be for a guy like Setson Bennett or some of these other guys uh, coming out of Carolina. Carolina, Clemson, wherever, um, and it's just for different positions with pro teams, and, and luckily for Parker White, it was kicker. So you're going to start seeing – that'll be the new term, I guess, we're going to throw out instead of preferred walk-on in college, but futures contract. <laughs> Gay Stavanga still wants well, a futures contract. Well, Parker Parker White got shafted by the awards people because he his numbers hunting the ball were tremendous, and, you know, you can't, you can't overlook these guys, and – when you set records, the guys like Ryan Suckup, who does play in the NFL, and Elliot Fry, who <laughs> and played previously, and you, you're better than those both of those guys at the at, you know at the exact same spot. Somebody better open those eyes up because you're missing something pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not talking about like Potter. No offense, but I mean, that, you're talking about a kid that's 90 percent on his field goals. Mm-hmm. He only missed one extra point. It was because of a bad snap, and he about made it. And he broke the holder's finger, too, by the way. But that's the holder's <laughs> fault. But anyway, like I said, again, congrats, Parker White. But that's where we're talking about, though, Stan, maybe the possibility of what a futures contract is. And I think that's where we are in sports today. Can we but, say but, that but and be what, correct? But would you say that Bennett and Bryce could sign a futures contract being as old as they are? I mean, there's four or five quarterbacks that are starting – in NFL. They're younger. That are two, three years <laughs> younger than right. they are. Yeah. By so the way, they, Bryce is only 23, so. Is he only? Okay. Yeah, he's so only 23. Okay. He, uh, he only redshirted that first year, so he was he was five years is what he played. Well, if I'm New England, I'm going to say, look, I got Mac Jones. He's 24 now, 25 mm-hmm. with Alabama. Um, and I've got Bailey Zappi, who's a baby, because he's from Western. I take a chance on that. I mean, if I'm if I'm looking for somebody just a here's what you're looking for in the pros too, and, and like I said, I stay with the pros. You know, I, I love pro football. He's the kind of guy that can run a practice really good. 
If you're if if you got a uh, Lamar Jackson that's out, can you imagine a guy like Stetson Bennett running practice all week because trying to get him back ready to play? You don't miss a beat. We just got running a practice. He's a guy you take a chance on. I mean, he's not Max Duggan, and we know he's not Max Duggan. But and he knows he's not Max Duggan. But he does have two rings <laughs> that he can hold up. But, well, and we've seen that he is able to tuck the ball and run. He can read defenses. Um, you know, Stenson's got some some qualities to him too that are are. Uh, you know, NFL worthy, I would think. I think arm strength is what amazes me about Stetson Bennett. Because you're right, he's not very tall. He's what five ten, something like that. If yeah. That that might be on on paper. Um, but I mean, just standing flat footed can slap throw a ball. I mean, good gracious! <laughs> a team like Miami with a tour that stays hurt, or like I said, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Those are the teams I'm talking about that need help spreading the field. That that have quarterbacks that run the ball a lot. Like Jackson Tua, some of those guys like that. I mean, um, and now they got Huntley, who's at Baltimore now. And unfortunately, had they had Lamar last night, they probably would have won that game. Um, or even if they had Sessiman, they probably would have won it because the quarterback, you never go over the top with a ball just for Tyler Huntley. Go under the thing because if it's up top, you can knock it out. And you saw what happened in that game. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, with that, congratulations to. Uh, uh, Chase Bryce, we wish him the best of luck. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, hopefully we'll see where he lands up. Yeah. Could be another one of those guys. And he's a favorite, too. He's one of he's one of the good old boys, I guess you would say. And he's got the coaches better. behind him. Look yeah. at everybody he's got behind him. He's got Dabo that's going to be pushing him. He's got um, – what's the names at Duke that's going to push? Say, hey, man, this guy was a great quarterback. And he was a really good quarterback at Duke, by the way. He really was. He did. All right. So, and with that, we've got to talk about Garrett Riley. Congratulations to Clemson Tigers. Uh, Dabo Sweeney pulls a huge coup uh, about an hour after they released Brandon Streeter from his OC job. They went ahead and hired Garrett Riley out of TCU as the new offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach with this one. Um, and and with that, Riley's deal, what, three years, $5.25 million with the signing bonus to go along with it. And we'll run down his contract here in just a little bit. But he's only 33 years old. Of course, everybody knows about his brother and Lincoln Riley, um, who went over to USC and what he did at Oklahoma, went ahead and produced uh, a Heisman winner this year, correct? And you look at Riley, who was the runner-up? Mm-hmm. Max Dugan was yeah. the quarterback that he had. So uh, the Rileys together had the top two quarterbacks in the nation as of right now, according to the Heisman. That's probably who's really mad about this whole deal, <laughs> is Lincoln Riley. like <laughs> – I'm not going to keep him on. He's, he's my younger <laughs> brother. He's not coming everywhere I go. I'm going to run this thing my way. And then Clemson and Dabo. And here's what you miss Thursday, Stan. We're sitting in here, and I see all this little – the, Clem, the Clemson fans up there, they're like – He says, all right, Lakeland Sports guys, he's Chris Cousins. As soon as, as, soon as and, we And my phone off. goes – Bing. Down goes Streeter. Down goes Streeter. And we're like, What? This fast? <laughs> and we talked to each other after it was over. Billy Lee was right there talking about Georgia. I said, Jeff Scott's new coordinator coming in. That's why they fired Streeter. Or, excuse me, the new quarterback coach. New, yeah, I mean. Well, the new uh, recruiting Oso, coordinator. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I – and I was like, were we wrong about that, buddy? What were you wrong about that? So, <laughs> Jeff's still coming too probably, so I don't feel bad about it. Well, I heard he was coming as an offensive analyst. Yeah, he's an offensive analyst slash recruiter. Um, yeah. He'll be involved in recruiting some way or another. Whether he becomes their recruiting coordinator or not, still up. Do we have an there, analyst at Carolina? I'm sure. I feel do. sure they do. But there's an analyst for everybody. I'm trying to think what it, who it would be though, because like I said, I, I don't know. And I mean, yeah, we'll have to go. Like back. I said, you missed out too because you were at him. <laughs> Me and Jim still had a fun time with this Garrett Riley thing, and he thinks I'm mad about it. I'm not mad. I just I do know that we didn't go after this guy because if we wanted him, 
It wouldn't matter if it was $10 million. Carolina's got the money to pay this dude. It's the fact that we got a head coach that wants that deserves to be paid the highest amount of money there is. But you, you can go get guys out there still. And like I said, Jim Steele, you hit a home run with that deal. That's a home run swing. And like I said, he knocked out a part like Lowndes is going to do. <laughs> knocked it out. Well, Riley's <laughs> offensive game plan has been outstanding, particularly at SMU. And then, of course, we saw what he did in three years at TCU. Clemson's offense uh, presents some matchup problems. You got Antonio Williams, uh, Adam Randall, who are both freshmen this year. Um, really, only receiving threat that Clemson had this year to go along with it. Running back Will Shipley is involved with all of that. But uh, Mark Parker, Mark Packer, basically said it best. Uh, I thought. Um, in all of this, he says, you've got to figure that Garrett's going to be able to figure out ways to maximize those matchups and set up schemes where you guess where the linebackers are going to be and can you run with, can they run with those linebackers? If you can get one-on-one matchups with those linebackers in those schemes, um, there's a lot of what TCU did leading up to that championship game. They just didn't have, uh, well, I thought that Georgia's scheme probably better than, than Garrett did. Well, like I said, I was wrong about the Georgia game, but Stan, I, Sam brings this up a lot, and I'm going to bring it out here because I won't beat him just much. Um, <laughs> the, the one good thing about, like, TCU, we talk about Big 12, no defenses. and You know, ACC this year was diff- was like that in a way because secondary seemed to be off this year. SEC, ACC, every secondary for some reason in college was off this year. And a kid like this or a kid like that was at Cincinnati, uh, this now it the head coach at Wisconsin, Luke Pickle. These guys know how to design plays. And you were talking about the Randall kid. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason he stays because he sees a chance that he's got a coach that's going to well, really – That's also why Clemson picked up the tight, number one tight end out of the state it. of Georgia. So. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. I think this is a big time because now Kirby's got to worry now because Kirby had put lockdown with two national championships <laughs> on this thing. And now everybody's <laughs> – <laughs> it's like this guy that he said, "Hey, I, but hey, I'm gonna tell you why. You know, I'm an offensive guy, so I do love the offense that Garrett Riley throws out there. If you can do it at SMU, buddy, and you talk about Jimmy's and Joe's, where they don't, you SMU, you got to have this to get in up there, uh, and they did not have it. And and to turn a program around, and as he, he wasn't head coach, but to be to put an offense on the field at SMU that you can compete with Baylor, and you can compete with Texas every now and again. Um, just like I think JT Daniels going to Rice is a big deal because they got a really good coaching staff at Rice. And I think JT, that's his last stop anyway. Uh, he'll be 30 by the time he graduates. But um, I think that's the key to this whole deal. And, I mean, he opens the top up. It's what we always talk about at Greenwood. Mm-hmm. Got to have a guy to start the game, open the top up. And that means downfield pass to start the game up to get it going. That's something Gary Riley doesn't care about. He's going to open it up anyway. It might be the first four plays that you see. And whether you got the receivers or not, he'll find guys to run and catch that ball. And this is the best thing that could happen to a guy like Cave Club. The best thing that could happen. I almost wish DJ's still there because that might could have actually turned him around. But he, like I said, he's with, Brad, he's with Smith over at, at Oregon State, and he's going to be fine over there. He'll good, be great over good there. Good coach. He is going to be good over there. I think Stan will even tell you that because when we were thinking about he was going with his brother at UCLA, I even said, I was like, man, it's, that could be the thing that he needs to turn him into the player that he can be. He had reached his full potential with, with Brandon Streeter. Um, I think Jeff Scott worked out really, really well. But once you saw Jeff and you, you saw Sean Elliott both leave, that's where I think the divide was. And what have we've always said, Stan, about that? But the one thing I admire him about being a Gamecock guy is if you're not getting a job, what happens? And Streeter's the example. You weren't getting the job done. You weren't developed in the quarterbacks the way you needed to. And unfortunately, man, I don't. I guess he's where. Where is he going to go? Is he still at Clemson? Is anything or no? No, he's no, done. He's so done. he's done. He's done. Mm-hmm. 
He's looking for a job. All right. Beamer, maybe. But maybe. He, got a, he got a nice efforts package. I was going to say, maybe. The, and that's the one thing that when we, and you and I were talking about, and you might want to do it if you want to say it now. You had his, his the, the money he's going to be making everything. Right. Well, uh, we do. Uh, let's just put it into perspective here. Offensive coordinator out of Georgia, Tom Mumpkins, making $2.01 last year. Uh, Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma's Jeff Libby is making $1.8 mil to go along with it. Uh, as far as Riley and what Garrett's going to be making, his annual salary, 1.75 mil so for three years. That'll run through January 31st of 26. He also received a $300,000 signing bonus, which is basically the down payment of a house that's going to be out there at Central out on the lake. Um, you know, the introductory press conference is still yet to be uh, announced, but they did release the incentive programs part of it as well. 50000 for a top 10 offense, 100000 for a top 5 offense. He'll get 20000 20, in bonus money for eight-win season, which has been like automatic for yeah. Clemson for years, um, and with a bowl victory. And then Clemson will also uh, go ahead and they'll pay him another 50000 bonus uh, if they make the college football semifinals and a $60,000 bonus if they make it to the championship game. If they win the championship game, he'll get a $25,000 bonus uh, to go along with that. But here's the key to this whole contract. He will owe, Garrett Riley will, 25% of his remaining contract to Clemson if he leaves for an assistant coaching position at another school. And that favors both of them because, you know, that really isn't a lot of money considering what he will be making over the course. Uh, But it also takes Clemson out of paying anybody else any other money that they can put back into another OC. You know where I'm going, right? Ray Tanner. (laughs) <laughs> I want you to listen to how some of these contracts can be negotiated. Um, and, and I think that that's the key stand right there. And I was wrong about it because I told you I don't think we looked at Riley. We looked at Jeff Libby, Libby. at Oklahoma because Shane and him are friends is who we looked at. And I guess it just wasn't the right time to bring him in. And we probably got a better deal with Dowell Loggins as it was. But, I mean, so it was it was Jeff Libby who he's already at one point something million at Oklahoma, so he probably would have left there to come to Well, and, and he's got, you know, a former Oklahoma defensive coordinator over there as well. And, and you know, it, it, if, if Beamer could have gotten – any one of those guys out of Oklahoma to follow him over, he would have. He would have brought him. You're right. You know, I, I'm 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 a little skeptical as to if you know how <laughs> how that would have worked as well because I I think the probably the best thing is that nobody from Oklahoma followed him over because he had to go out and prove to himself that he could do it and he has. I think that it would have been better for for Spencer Rattler if he had to come with him because that's who he worked with at Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, prior and then to come into. I, we keep somehow getting me back to Marcus Satterfield. <laughs> and I just don't. He's not there anymore, my friend. I know. And like I said, I've even got Cornhusker people <laughs> mad at me now because I said he doesn't have an offensive identity. But it comes back to the fact of what you can do for a quarterback as a coach. And, I mean, that's one thing about Jeff Levy and some of them guys I do really like is once you they recruit, it's like you when you walk in that kid's room and we go to see uh, Caleb Burton at Greenwood and we say, Caleb, Mom, I'm going to take care of this. This is going to be my son. I'm going to treat him like my own. That's what these guys do. Garrett Riley, when he goes in there and he shakes that hand, that's what he does. I, and I respect that. And that's why I keep hearing about Dowell Loggins. You have got a great – we got recruiters, man. I don't want another recruiter. Well, I, yeah. I want but we a only know of one, We only know of one year of college recruiting that he has done. And, well, that's where you're questioning it, right? 
Is Longin has only recruited <laughs> one year at the college Here's level. What I'm Everything crazy. else for him has been at the NFL. All we keep level. hearing is I heard it. I mean, poor me and Stan, we've been through this a hundred times riding up down the road to Greenville football. <laughs> I heard Beamer say we got our guy, and our guy's in Nebraska now. You just made mention of that. So I'm going to have to hear this again because we got our guy again. I, I'm not listening for the third time, Beamer. So if this guy doesn't work, I don't want to hear it again. Um, go get a proven guy. And if you got to pay him the money, bro, and you got – here's the thing I liked about Spurrier. It was always about him. But once he made his millions to start it with, if he it was it was like, go ahead, like Tom Brady, give my line money, give my receivers money, my running back money. I'll get mine in the end, which he will – I mean, he's not through it. New England. We still owe him probably – million dollars in checks as it is that he turned down. That's what I want as a head coach. I want to put my team first, and I don't have to make the money. My dad's Frank Beamer. He's got money. I've got money. I grew up with money. Instead of one man getting all the kitty, get a team together and, and, and play this thing as a team sport like it is, pay Jeff Libby if he needs whatever. No, they paid him. They paid him real well. So I mean, we're paying Darrell Loggins half of what we could have been paying Garrett Riley or Jeff Libby. So that the money is, I guess, in Beamer's pockets. This is another problem I got. He's calling now, but that's not the only problem I got with Beamer. But um, it, it is what it is. I think it's a great hire for Clemson, and we're going to go from there. I mean, I, we'll, we'll see. Uh, Jim and I had our little our little fun, and, and like I said, we'll see who has a better coordinator, I guess, end of the year. Um, and, and, now, I'm just curious. Did, I mean, did you praise Garrett Riley and he praised Loggins, or was it – Kind of both. No, no, I said, Bo, I think you hit out of the park. And he said, I think we did too. But I think he was trying to make me feel better, which I don't need. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm okay either way. I mean, because you know me, I, I, it doesn't, if you, if, I mean, I can't do any hiring or firing, you know? That's just like if we need a good guy in there to, to, you know, do stuff at Carolina, man, you go out and get the best guy you can get for the money. Because all I've ever heard is a Gamecock is we got the money. Is that right, Stan? We got the yeah, money. We got the money. Whatever we need to do, go get it. I mean, Puggy Blackman was a no-name golf coach at Georgia at a, at a high school. And he's the highest-paid golf coach in the country now other than the guy at Clemson, which his mm-hmm. brother was out here at the country club. But, I mean, the money is there. It's just a matter of we throw it all in that one kitty. And like I told you, I hope I'm wrong about this, but I'm telling you, before it's over, I think the Shane train derails before it gets us that national championship. I just see it that way. And like I said, I hope I'm wrong. By the way, if you want Jim Steele's take on it, we got, we got to have Jim back on here. I tried. You, I tried. You, you can you can go to his podcast on uh, podbean.com. Just coach's type in chair. the coach's chair, um, and you can catch his thoughts uh, this past weekend on what he thought. With he the, and TJ uh, did a good job with that. Here Riley. He did, they did a good job with that. But, yeah, like he never came at me hard or anything. He's just like, I think he was trying to give me hope. <laughs> like Greg Murray told me at Chili's the other night watching the Clemson basketball game, come on over to the dark side. I was like, no, nah, that color's not good on me. But yeah, I'm going to get you wearing orange Anyway. So, <laughs> we'll see. But speaking of which, let's go ahead and dive into the round ball and what happened on sa- uh, last night. Uh, huge, huge game as uh, Clemson went ahead and hosted Duke, um, who was rated uh, in the top 25 as well. And when you look at Duke, they've got some big, big names that are on that squad uh, as well. But I thought Duke did a really good job. They end, Now, Duke ended up losing 72-64 to to the Clemson Tigers, who now have or 9-1 in top-tier teams. Yes. So that's 
that's pretty good when you look at, at that. Their only loss coming to South Carolina as of right now. But uh, what a, a game plan Duke had against Clemson. They were going to go in there, and they were going to take uh, take away the three-point shooting for one, which they did because Clemson was 3 of 17 in from behind the arc. So they took that away. And then they were going to go ahead, and they were going to take Tyler away as well. And uh, they did. Tyler didn't score his first bucket until about three minutes into the second half to go along with it. But P.J. Hall uh, – Ended up scoring a season-high 26 points. Uh, Brevin Galloway, who would have thought that he would have become the leader that he did? Um, you know, with Tyler being out, uh, Galloway became the leader, had 17 points to go along with that. And then um, uh, i got to look at my stats here. I'm forgetting the uh, uh, young man's name that uh, – uh, Shefflin would have yep. become the defensive stopper that he did in this ball game because He stole every rebound there was. He did, and, and he had 13 blocks. <laughs> He's a big guy, 13 too, man. blocks in this game. This guy is – you know, you sit back down and you think about it, and you think about Clemson. Did you hear PJ's press conference on Channel 4 when they did the thing? And he's like, well, you played motivated. And he said – Damn right I did. <laughs> he said, last year when we played this game, they were chanting Duke in my building. He said, that don't happen no more. <laughs> he said, they're not going to come in here and chant for the Blue Devils to win a game. Uh-uh. And, but, you know, to give Duke credit, man, you lose a Coach K, but, you know, that's why they kept this guy right here. I had to look him up because I forgot his name is John Shire. Uh, and he's got 20 years at Duke. And so that's why he was the right guy for the job. He's going to do fine. The players he's still got there, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Howard wanted to get rid of Brownell a long time ago. We got Carolina people now at Lamont Paris. I can't save you every game, but we just need to not play at home. We should well, play better on the road. We're going to get to Carolina here in a minute. So, but let's, let's wrap up Clemson as of right now because um, I, I just want to say Clemson had to come back twice from eight down, twice, once at the end of the uh, – first half and then again midway through that second half to come back and Duke was trying to put it away at halftime you could tell that it was there Tyrese Proctor the outstanding <laughs> freshman guard they had was just phenomenal last four minutes of that first half and throughout the second half but then Duke also has uh, another phenomenal freshman in Kaya uh, Flapowski that you know was just a monster inside he ended up falling out with about two minutes left but the story of this game really is the defense on both of these sides. Um, they, they couldn't get the offensive glass rebounds uh, that were there. It was, it was constantly both Clemson and Duke were getting offensive rebounds, second, third shots uh, to go in in the process of all that. But in the second half with five, what was it, 550, 549 to go, Clemson shut them out. They did not score another basket the rest of the ball game. You're right. The key to it would, it would when you're playing Duke, here's what you got to remember. In North Carolina, let's throw them out. Let's throw Virginia in there. You're playing against, and that's why I've always been a Brownell guy. I, I like Brad Brownell because you're recruiting against ACC teams, but you're they get they basically pick up the phone and call somebody and say, "Hey, you're McDonald's All American, right? We got a scholarship. Come get it." Mm -hmm. So when you play Duke in North Carolina, you're playing McDonald's All Americans. It happens in Carolina. We play them too, but that's the reason I think the fans they, they've got to sit back and just say, "Oh, let's just enjoy what we got going now." How many wins now? Tell me how many wins. They got uh, seven now in ACC play. Have you ever been seven zero in the conference? Never been seven zero. Never led the conference and been seven and zero. And never been never going to Chapel. This is the year that you got to do it now. It, now, Brown, I can't say if you, if you go to Chapel Hill, lay an egg. In the next week or two, I can't say. These, these people, <laughs> well, these people don't love you like I do. <laughs> so it's going to put. What B. Rad tell us the other day? Tickle Brown L. We play Duke North Carolina and we fold that ten. He's not here right now to, to 
you know, come at me with that, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Um, we'll get him later. But that's the mentality you got to change. If you're going to compete with North Carolina Duke, and like I said, Virginia's a big game you got coming up, you got to win those games, and you got to take it to conference. Yeah, here's the deal with those, though, is – and Clemson's kind of in the – this schedule works out favorable for them because they play Duke once on their home court. Uh, back at Little John. You play North Carolina at North Carolina one time this year. You play Miami at Little John, and you play Virginia at Virginia. All four of those games are just one time you get to play. You don't have a second game. So if you can win those, you get the tiebreaker over them as well. So they've got the tiebreaker now over Duke in that regard. And well, how, how big is that come tournament time? That's huge. That's, that's, the, that's what it all is. You know, particularly that's going the Holy the Grail. Tournament. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I see Holy Grail because – that will prevent you maybe well you got well the problem with that is is when you are the top seed, you may end up playing one of the worst teams. That could be North Carolina. It's not gonna be Duke, but it could be a North Carolina, <laughs> a Miami, uh teams yes, that are toward day. toward the bottom of the level. But um so I, I just thought that I would say this, I don't think there's been a bigger win in, in Clemson history in a while in basketball. I really don't. No, and to have a guy like Brevin Galloway come off out of nowhere. I mean, it's just like I, you know, I look for the Tyson kid. I look for uh, the other kid, the, the bomber, and then you see two guys that you don't expect, and that's that's where you win games, man. I mean, because they're going to double team guys like PJ Hall. He still how many points he still ends up with? He ended up with twenty six on the night. So he still, but his average was eighteen. Yeah, going so I mean, in. he has a bigger game against the bigger team. Yeah, and, and Chase Hunter did. The, I mean, the top two scorers, Chase Hunter and, and Tyler Hood, um, Tyson Hunter, Hunter, Hunter Tyson, were not. Yeah. I mean, they were no factors in this game outside of the defense they played and the assist. Yeah, that was that was the key there too. And then you get what's the kid's name? The big guy that's the rebound, Josh Beadle. I see. I mean, in the offensive show that he now what he had six points on the night, uh, but none of those were bigger than that that one layup basket that he just miraculously somehow some way willed the ball to go in. I saw this guy. And I'm like, how old is this dude? I mean, this must well, be. And, but the thing we got we got to kind of control the range here a little bit. I mean, you still got to go on the road. And, yeah, you started the season great, no doubt. No, we started you lousy. Should, but well, once we got into ACC play, it's played well. He's talking about ACC. talking about ACC play. All right, can you maintain it all the way through the tournament, you know, and go on the road, go to Chapel Hill and beat them, you know, go to Virginia and beat them. That's some tall orders there, even, you know, Brownell has done is always, and I've always said, he's a great X's and O's guy, but he's finally getting some Jimmys and Joes that he can be competitive. Now, how long can he be competitive? You know, if he sees Duke in the ACC tournament, is it going to be the same game? Because it will be away from Little John. It will. It will be be a neutral site. On a neutral site. But the neutral site is going to be more of a home site for Duke than it would be for Clemson because it's going to be played in North Carolina. I don't know. I think they play that in Washington, D.C. now. I think right, D.C. is up in Washington. Your next two games are at home, by the way. You do play VT, which is uh, the old Walford coach coming yeah. in town, and GT. I thought we played Wake Forest Tuesday tomorrow. I did too, but I saw what's showing here. Hang on. <laughs> Hang on. I think you're right. I think you're right. You do. You're right. You are. I got you. Yeah, and we beat Wake by twenty. Yeah, earlier in the season. Okay. So, well, wait a minute. My, my question is: what, Can can you can just like you had the big win now? Can okay, you, can you do, turn right around and beat a Wake Forest team that you beat by twenty on their home court? 
can you beat them again by 20? Yep. Now, they have a and good offense, but they don't play defense very right. well. So, so, can you match that, that high, same state? Can you match that intensity every three days or every four days that you have a game that you played with the other night? You hoping and praying that you can and that Bronnell with X's and O's that he can put on the floor, that his Jimmys and Joes can keep going. And hopefully that injury bug don't jump up and bite a P.J. Hall again, you know, and lose one. And if you lose one, who's taking his place? Well, this guy over here, he played great against Duke the other night. Well, everybody can have a good night. Everybody can have an off night. So, um yeah, <laughs> my girl. You heard Amber. She said yeah. she's telling you like it is about. Yeah. By the way, Clemson uh, today went ahead and they are uh, well. Yesterday, when the AP top twenty-five came out, they're nineteenth. Yeah, so you'll see in there too, right? College yeah. also so made they it. Finally, right, yeah, they did. I was looking to see who, who Charleston's was. right in front of them. As a matter yeah. of fact, at eighteen. Well, so, well, as long as Clemson doesn't sit there and start reading the press clippings and start thinking they're better than what they really are, and will continue to go to practice. And work hard and improve. Well, and that's the other thing that Clemson has had is the teams have been young. This is, yeah. as they said on, on during the game, is this is an older team. This yeah. is mainly juniors and seniors, yeah. so they know what they have to get done. They know the work that they're going to have to put in. I'm anxious to see though. Can is there going to be a letdown going into this game after spending so much emotion in that game at Little John on Saturday night? Well, you would hope with them being juniors and seniors that they can deal with that. They've, they've had to deal with it in the past, so we know we can go do it. And and that will help the younger folks, yep. you know. And the other thing is, too, they've got a two-game lead on Miami and also on Duke right now. So, And the thing about Brad, another thing is he, he he's not going to have to worry about showing this guys or them see it on the computer. He's going to tell them. He says, hard work, practice, this is what you get. You get a top 20 ranking. You want to keep it? Keep playing, keep coming to practice. Let's do what we do. Do work is his. That's what he said Sunday. Do work, and that's what this team's continuing to do, and win those games. Like you say, Wake Forest and, and BT and the rest of the ones they got coming up. And but I still think that one of the key matchups going to be the one at North Carolina. I think for them to be able to go into Chapel Hill and win a game, and no other no other Clemson team's ever done it. Um, I, I think Brownell's finally kind of put himself up there with uh, Rick Barnes. Uh, type Cliff Ellis type coaches at Clemson, um, and those were good coaches. I mean, those are. I mean, how many wins has Cliff got now? A ton. Yeah, Reach got. Well, a he ton. got. He reached four hundred uh, last month. Brunell reached four hundred Saturday. Saturday, and and that's kind of where Brunell gets lost. Is uh, he's only won two hundred thirty three here in the ACC, which is you know what little over half of, <laughs> of the wins that he has. But it's gotten buried in everything else that happens in the ACC with Duke and Carolina and that crowd. Because that's who you're competing against, like yeah. I said. I mean, that's who you're going against. And and that's what I say about Brad Brownell. You bring guys in that you're recruited like a P.J. Hall from Dorman, who we all think was one of the better high school players in the state ever in basketball. Uh, that's an argument going on with CSRA but right now anyway, if y'all want to get in on that. But um, P.J. Hall is one of those guys, and, and just Norman basketball within itself. And, I mean, the fact that you could get him in North Carolina didn't even sneak down and take a look at him or, or, or do come down. It's easy. To me, I think it's easy, Stan. If, if me and you are coaching and we're coaching at Duke or North Carolina, and like I said, all we got to do is pick up the phone and say, let's see, Google, tell me the number one recruit in Virginia. And he gives me his name and his phone number, and I'll make that call. And I'm like, hey, I'm John Shire from Duke University. I'd like to come watch your kid. What parent's going to tell you no? They're going to say, come on. 
Let's talk about it. And they get any kid they want. I mean, they get any kid they want. And like I said, that's the amazing thing about Brownell and what he's done at Clemson. And and then, like you said, his record, he's already he's already amassed his 400th win already, even though it's, you know. if it, What if he'd have gone, let's say, to the SEC and he'd have gone to a – I'm trying to think of another team that was, used to be competitive. I would say Mississippi State, but they're not very good. I mean, well, it, he came from Wright State, is yeah, where he, he came did. from over. So, but I mean, I'm just saying, if he'd have gone to any other big conference, let's say he goes to the Pac-12 and, and you know Arizona, Oregon, and all of those, and he goes to Southern Cal, UCLA, and he turns that program around, he's not going against Duke every year. He's not going against North Carolina year, Virginia every year. He's going against some of the other teams that are decent teams, but not like ACC teams. I still, I mean, I, I like the SEC. I'm not, you know, I'm not a conference guy. We discussed that with Billy Wade the other day. Um, I think that ACC is still hands down the best conference in basketball. I mean, even though it's down this year, I, I it's tell down. you the truth, I think the Big Ten's probably better. Than I think the, the Pac-12 right is right probably now. the best. If I really got to go just what I've seen so far, I think now I can't stand watching them Ducks play on that court, but <laughs> I, I, get lost. Eyes, man. I get lost in the feathers. <laughs> Did you try to watch that game the other night? I got lost in the feathers. I mean, Willie had a good time watching him, but uh, that, it, no. Anyway, no, no matter what anybody can say, that's a big win for for Clemson, yeah. and it propels them. And I think that Brownells gonna be the first guy to show them the clippings and say, "Don't let anybody tell you what you can do. I'm showing you what you can do. Now let's finish what we start." Now there's a lot of controversy so. that's out there right now with Brownell and the fans because he told the fans he wanted them to be more rowdy. He wanted them to be ruckus uh, and loud when they were out there. Well, of course, they won. Fans ended up storming the court. Brunel had a little bit of an issue with that. Um, and, and to tell you the truth, I did too. Why don't you wait until the players actually, you know, get off the court or safely off the court or to the sidelines before you end up rushing the court in that regard? But, you know, to Clemson's fans, that you know, we've seen them at football games. As soon as the game's over and it's a win, they, they run to the paw. And there's that meeting at the pond to shake hands and high five some of the players and athletes. You got to think about it. So think- that mentality, I think, carried over into the uh, court. And Brennell pretty much is stating, hey, I don't want that kind of atmosphere here. I want you guys to be loud and proud, but I, I don't like want you rushing the court. I yeah. like you've been there. I think about, you know, your daughter's at Clemson now, and I think at the age that she is, that's who's doing it, man. They're just so happy to get a big, a big win like that. I don't think me and Stan jumped out of the stands around down there. Somebody just got the energy like Amber to just jump down and just run on that court and just, you know, have a blast and – so, I mean, that's just, I mean, I I think about, you know, your daughter's age, that crowd going in there and storming the field and enjoying it and tearing <laughs> well, his hedges out in Columbia, but it's, it's all well and good. Big win. I don't know if they have a bigger win this year in basketball. Yeah. Well, here's Brownell, his post-game cut press conference afterwards, uh, his thoughts on what he saw uh, with this big win, number 400. Obviously a great day uh, in Little John. Um, just so happy for my players. Uh, these guys work so hard and have done it for so long. And, uh, you know, we didn't play great tonight, and a lot of that's because of Duke. Uh, I thought they were very competitive. Their size is a major factor in the game uh, in everything you do defensively, um, rebounding, trying to score against them. Um, But our guys hung in there. And, uh, again, I I just keep talking about how I think we're a true team. And, uh, you know, I said it on our radio. I said it out there in the court that – I talk to my guys all the time about if you're going to be good, you got to have a superpower. Uh, maybe it's defense, shooting, rebounding. You know, hopefully it's multiple things if you're if you're really good. And I think our superpower is just our camaraderie and our togetherness. I, I, and I told our guys that when we got back from France, that the unity, the the camaraderie, the the genuine care and 
love for each other, I think, is clearly evident. Um, and I think that's why we were winning and why we won. Um, we had great bench play. Our guys are genuinely happy for the other guy on the team when he plays well, and even if it's eaten into their minutes. Um, I've said a lot of times there's a lot of, a lot of teams out there with the same jerseys, guys wearing the same jersey, but there's not a lot of true teams all the time. And in this climate, in this society right now, and in, with everything going on, it's probably even more challenging for coaches to, to create that atmosphere. Um, and I'm just blessed this year to be coaching a group of kids that allow you to coach them and, and care about each other and have one goal in mind, and that's to do their best for Clemson. So it's, it's been a great run. we got a long way to go, um, but I'm extremely proud of them and uh, happy for our fans. And our students and so there you have Brad Brunell, his press conference afterwards. And uh, wouldn't it be nice to just have a superpower <laughs> in all this? But he's right. The camaraderie, um, and they feed off of each other. That's the thing that, that we saw uh, on Saturday night, particularly there in the last five minutes of that game. I, I love it. I mean, I, I just I, – you know, if it had been me, I'd say, hey, man, as soon as Julia Morris put it in your face about, hey, well, give me your, your post-game report, we beat Duke. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> uh, but I, I forgot about the trip to France and everything. And, I, you know, maybe they when they came back, that was right out, that was right when we played them, as a matter of fact. So, they might have had a little bit of jet lag. Instead. I don't know. But, like I said, that's a big win for the game, Kyle. a Georgetown win ain't that big for us now. But biggest win you're going to probably have this year for Clemson is Duke. How do you top it? North Carolina. North Carolina and Miami. Yeah. Virginia probably is the biggest challenge out of those remaining big Virginia three. Play, Virginia's say. probably the closest thing to you. Yeah. As far as, like, a really good coach, play defense, you feed off the defense to score good points. Good three-point line. Yeah. yeah, and you just play real, really, you know, half-court basketball, and that's how Clemson's winning games. Now, you don't want to get running with these, some of these teams out there because they'll, especially like a lander, they'll run you to death, and you don't want that. But that's the kind of team that they got. Is like those are two teams I would think about um, would be Virginia-Clemson right now. And then, like I said, you do play there. Coming up in the next few yeah. weeks. 28 points in the paint. Big difference. Unreal. Yeah, for Clemson and that one for a three-point shooting team. And you had, like I said, you had a guy like Brandon uh, Galloway just step out of nowhere that just picks up the – picks it up and just says, hey, man, the pace. I mean, it's my turn to play. Let's go. All right, so let's turn the corner, head on down to Columbia, who had a big win last Saturday against Kentucky, um, taking out the 28-game home winning streak from uh, – uh, Kentucky in that in the Wildcats in that one making that streak start all over again, but uh, you know Paris has had some issues with big games and you get the high and then can they turn around and play the same way or up to a, a, another standard in the next game? They took on a Texas A&M team that is mediocre at best, but they didn't just lose; they got blown out here, ninety-four to fifty-three in this loss. One of the lowest lows, I guess you would say. Probably the biggest low is that it's the the biggest deficit that they have ever had uh, since they joined the SEC. What's halftime score, Sam? I don't even remember. Well, I mean, I don't. Fifty to eighteen. That's uh, it. Yeah, Fifty it to eighteen. Was, yeah, we were like I said, over. we were watching the Clemson game. Um, we we talked about the Gamecocks and Tigers on Thursday. I mean, here's what I've tried to convince the Carolina fans, and this is like you know I'm trying to convince that this is rebuilding here. This isn't a team that we should be, you know, getting ready to go to. I mean, NIT at best is what we're looking at right now. I mean, we're not looking at the dance or anything. Um, but the thing is that really bothers me is the fact that we don't play well at home, and yeah. I don't get that. 
the one thing that that I had a problem with old Frank is this Jekyll and Hyde, and now it's it's still there. So maybe you know it wasn't totally Frank, but um, that's one thing I thought that Lamont Paris would come in. And he would just there again, feed off defense, and I don't, I just don't think teams they bit in yet on this concept yet. Um, but we just, I mean, like I said, like I me, mean, you look at this box score, man. I mean, guys that we really have have played well. It's just like one game we're great, one game we're awful, one game we're great, one game. We- well, like Gigi Jackson's supposed to be the the leader on this team as far as scoring goes, as far as total offense. He only had five points in the process of all this, and the guy that scored the most, Zachary Davis, is your defensive guru. He is Zachary Davis, like you said. He's used, we used to assist for him. Uh, and then uh, LeBron's new favorite player at Carolina, Michi Johnson. Uh, he, he had 11 points in the game, but, I mean, where is Gigi? I mean, because if you look, this is what another thing I do when I look at stats. I go over here and I look and I see one steal, one assist, and this is your star player. So if you're not scoring, if you're not rebounding, uh, let me look over here at Gigi again. I, you know, you know who's going to give me the devil about this? It's going to be uh, Cam Ruiz about this if I say something bad about his guy. But <laughs> two total rebounds in this game for Gigi. And you have off nights, Tom. But when you're at home. Two for 13? You're, you're just. I mean, well, my, my whole thing. <laughs> you're, the, you're, 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 you're forward, power forward. My my whole thing with Gigi, he's not big enough. He's not used to the um, to the big boys underneath beating him up like he's getting beat up in the SEC. He's got to put meat on him. He's got to get that mean streak in him. He seems to be too sissified, and I know that's not the right word to use, but he he acts like he doesn't want to mix it up. It's like he's playing not to get hurt, mm-hmm. and you can't do that. You, you you got to give it a hundred. If you've got to dive on the floor, dive on the floor. If you got to try to drive between two monsters, you drive between them. If you get a hard foul, you get up and you go to the line, you knock down two shots, and then look at them and smile. I mean, yeah, but and of course the game Saturday were without Brown, and that's a a, that's big, a big part. That was a big part of the loss. Uh, of course, it's just a deep thigh bruise. Hopefully, he'll be back. In the next game, but you answered my question because I didn't know why he yeah. didn't play, and yeah, I didn't hear. It. I wasn't listening to it, yeah, but, and it happened in practice. That was the yeah. thing; is it happened in practice. It didn't happen at a game. So, but you're right. Yeah. We, uh, an A and M team that's not not very good. I mean, uh-huh. but it's a Buzz Williams team. Buzz Williams is a great coach. Yeah. He's one of my favorite coaches to watch, and I didn't like watching it tonight. But um, <laughs> it is what it is. B Red's here now. B Red, good win for you, Tigers, buddy. Um, but, uh, like I said, you, when you're at home, though, Tom, we got a whole court. I mean, you got to keep your fans interested. If you can't keep your fans interested, you, you're not going to get the pot. You're not going to get them to come out. Um, we're, we're getting ready to have to start this free drink after the game for students to come continue to come to games. Um, and tickets, tickets are cheap. Cheap. Tell them, Stan. I mean, even the women's yeah. girls' games are, are not expensive for a national championship type team. Well, so, the, the it's not really the money I, the thing. It's not money. So well, just, the thing about it with the women, that five dollar ticket, you better get there early if you want to get a <laughs> decent seat. Because you're yeah. gonna be in the rafters if you don't. The men now, you can get there at tip off and get a five dollar seat and yeah. sit, get sit just about courtside. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we had a, yeah we had to get a seat when we all went down for the tenant. Was it Tennessee we went to the other year? Oh and I mean, that, we like I said, man, we had. But 
for some reason, CLA just didn't – it's not a good place for us right now. I mean, as far as guys yeah, go. So. Not the guys, not the women. That's a whole different story. Oh, that, that's Matter the fact, uh, yeah, um, she's she's trying to get the game day to come out to uh, CLA for one of the ladies' yeah. games, so we'll see if, if that will happen or not. The, did you guys hear what happened in Stanford? They lost to UC, yeah, USC. Yeah, they got beat. So, number yeah, two has got one loss. Well, so two that, losses. Now. That should move so. – that'll move either LSU or Ohio State into that number yeah. two spot. Uh, we do play UConn coming up pretty quick at UConn. Uh, of course, they're not what they have been in the past. But then we do have LSU. I think LSU does come to us. So that'll be one of them 18,000 seat. You better get to early to get standing room only tickets if, if LSU stays undefeated. All right. We've had some close games recently at Carolina. Oh, yeah. Who? <laughs> well, I mean, the last two games we we haven't had double digit leads. I mean, when, I'm gonna tell you something. When I'm when I'm sitting at home and I get an alert on my phone about a close game alert in Carolina, and it's not a forty point blowout. That's an alert, and it's telling me what's going on with Dawn. <laughs> Upset like, alert. What I'm saying is, team. do you rather lose now, like Stanford just did again, or do you want to wait till postseason to lose like we did two years ago? Well, the pressure gets greater as you get into the tournament. So once you get in the SEC tournament, if you win that and you're still undefeated, that puts a heck of a lot more oh, yeah. pressure. I think on the NCAA tournament. And I, like I said, that Pac-12 or whatever we call it now, man, I think that conference is as good as a lot of them out there. And like I said, you, you that's going to be a battle there. ACC, SEC, and Pac-12, those, that's going to be your conferences this year for women's basketball. So you're going to see one of those teams again, and we've said Stanford. That's why I say we'll probably play Stanford. I, but I, I still don't – I haven't seen a team that uh, could match the talent level that Carolina can put on the floor. I mean, she subs, she subs three and four deep, and there's no drop-off. I mean, the the girl, the kids' girl oh, yeah, from that just graduated Florida, high school yeah. back in December and Chloe. is playing, every time she goes in the game, she's hitting shots. She's getting rebounds. She's diving on – I mean, she's playing Dawn Staley basketball, and she hadn't been there but a month yet. So, I mean, this is just, you know, another – Weapon in her bag of weapons that she can pull out, and yeah, Chloe is unreal. And the thing about it, they're all six one, six two, six three, six four. You know, they're long, they're tall, and they get after it. I mean, the game the other night with Missouri, it started off much like Missouri came out just knocking down threes, just left and right. Had to lead. Yeah, and and. You look at Dawn, she's just sitting in a chair. Yeah, she's getting aggravated because they're making some stuff. Make a few switches. Oh, we're going to play some defense now, and all of a sudden you go on a 30-11 run, and you, you you turn the TV, and then you turn it back, and Carolina's up by 20, and you say, what happened? You know, they were down by eight. You weather the storm, and yeah. eventually we'll come yeah, back man. around. But Give us your best shot, and we'll take a swing. I can that, take a hit. And the thing about it, and that's the one thing Dawn has shown over her time at Carolina, she will take her team and go anywhere to play anybody. I mean, find, find another team in the in the, even in the nation right now that has played as many top-ranked, and I'm talking about top five teams that she has played and that she is going to play. And it's just like, well, that's the kind of competition we need because we get better competition when we're practicing than we do in some of these games. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right. Uh, by the way, the, the uh, Clemson women ended up winning over Pitt. Don't get excited. Amanda Butler. Don't get excited. <laughs> I <laughs> but still think they, she needs to go and Patterson uh, needs to be up there. I'm they, sorry. And now, granted, they had a, a wonderful second half last last night, but um, the first half was typical. So, uh, But congrats. They have now doubled their winnings over last year. So, Are they feeding on some in? I don't know. Are they maybe. feeding off of that crew thing? I think they're feeding off the one All-American that they do have. But that's the one thing we were just talking about with the men's, with the ACC McDonald's. That's what Dawn's got. Mm-hmm. She's got her McDonald's All-Americans that Paris is saying, please, how about recruit me somebody? To? <laughs> I mean, you got Chloe Kitts and these guys, you're picking who you want. It shouldn't be close games. Like the Georgia coach, who is one of her assistants, yeah. said we can take four teams in the West and we can't combine them and beat South Carolina in basketball. That's what I don't want to hear because as soon as we hear it, we play uh, Vanderbilt's one of the next games we play this week, and they just came off an LSU win on the road. So that's what I don't want to <laughs> to have an uh, to have an LSU coming in South Carolina. We take them for for granted. I mean, we need it. Yeah, we need it. But I mean, like I said, it, I get nervous when I get that alert on my phone saying close game alert, and we're only up ninety. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's keep it a little bit more local here. We're going to come and ring it back in within about 20 miles. The Erskine men's basketball team, uh, they remain perfectly undefeated or defeated. Uh, let's put it that way. They are now 0-17, 0-9 in uh, Conference Carolinas to go along with this. They took on a very tough Francis Marion team uh, in, this re- in this one. 97-82 was the final at Smith United Center uh, on Saturday afternoon. Kingston Johnson courted his first double-double, so congrats to him. He had a team-high 16 points and 10 rebounds to go along with it. Um, Lance Schuler had six assists, and uh, Travis Bridges had two blocks to go along with it. But Jaitlin uh, Prelo has been the defensive guy. He's, he's the one that comes up with the steals and the turnovers. He had four in this game. Uh, the difference, though, Erskine is still is having trouble shooting. They're only 41% from the field. They were 30 of 74 Um you know, 30% from the three-point line as well. They were 8 of 27 that were there. Uh, and 54% from free throw lines, uh, 14 of 26. So none of those numbers uh, are what you want to see with your basketball team as you get started. Probably the biggest one, though, that, that to me is, okay, we're 8 of 27 from, from three-point range. We've got to find a way to get the ball inside and get, get some points in the paint, get some easy baskets or some, you know, we got to get some Close rebounds up. and get we some. Got, yeah, we've got to baskets. hit the boards, mm-hmm. um, and you know, free throw shooting—that's you know—that's something you need to practice every single day mm-hmm. with, as, as we have said previously in this one. But Erskine's bench—they outdid the starters. They had 41 points in this game uh, of the 82. This was the game we said they need to win that game. Yep. If they were going to be competitive for the rest of the year, they need to win that game. So things not happening up there the way they want, and they're getting. Um, I don't know how long you know their coach can hold on. That's not what you want to have right there. No. I mean, can you imagine if he doesn't win a game this year? I mean, he doesn't make it through probably spring. Probably not. <laughs> but a 17-game losing streak. Um, they've only had four home games. They've you know with that they've been on the road t- uh, 17 times or 10 times, and then uh, three times they've uh, had at neutral sites. But um, it doesn't get any easier in Conference Carolina. You got UNC Dan Pembroke, <laughs> who is ranked in the top 10 uh, as of right now in Division Two. That is coming to your place uh, um, tonight, as a matter of fact. So that game will be taking place. Wow. And that um, was the coach that was here at Lander, at Lander for a while. Was, yeah, that ended and he up is, winning. He is bringing a team in here for 
a meal. Yeah, now, whether they came in earlier or they coming in later. Yeah, I'm matter of fact, sure. that game started at two o'clock. So we'll yeah, do. Uh, they, yeah, because yeah. they, they had some scheduling with the girls' game had to be canceled or postponed to I think the twenty eighth. I think it is, but the guys' game got moved up to two o'clock. So I'll, this is a team that gives lander fits too. Matt, I mean, so I can't imagine what that game is now. You yeah, know. five minutes remaining. It's seventy-two fifty-one in favor of Pembroke. So. Well, I, well, you know what? They they're not too the bad. Yeah, that's fairly decent, as a matter of fact. I just thought it might have been like Carolina in the game this weekend. So, <laughs> so we'll keep we'll keep an eye on the flying fleet uh, uh, that's there. It doesn't get easier for them. Wednesday they've got North Greenville, and then they got to go uh, on the road also to Emmanuel College um, in Franklin Springs, Georgia. Uh, with all of that, so uh, wish them the best of luck in that regard, and uh, hopefully they we'll see if they can come back in the last five and a half minutes here. Are all you right. keeping up with that good? So. I'm trying. Oh, you got it live. You got it live. That's right. I got it live. Um, and Lander men's basketball program. Uh, I went. I, I did. I, I went and said, you know what? I wonder who's leading the Peach Belt Conference as of right now. Of course, it's no surprise. Augusta right. uh, for both the men and the women are on top. Uh, Augusta, I think, is in the top five. Uh, Young Harris is in the top twenty-five. They are one-two as of right now. Then you got North Georgia, USC, Aiken, and I'm thinking. You know, Lander's got to be in this top five. Well, they are. They're number five <laughs> as of right now. They've got USC Aiken, Jordan, North Georgia, Young Harris, and, and Augusta all in front of them. But the two losses are to Young Harris and Augusta that they've had in conference play. So they've lost to the top two teams uh, in uh, as of right now. But uh, with that offense that they run, um, you would think you know, they'd be higher up than that. I'm surprised <laughs> – I've watched, like I said, I've had a chance to watch the Augusta team for three years now. They're solid. Their coach is solid. Their their chemistry is solid. That's why they played for a championship last year or two years ago. Um, this team right here, with the, what they're doing now and running the ball, they're going to be. They'll play them again. They probably got Augusta one more time. Uh-huh. One more time. So, and that should be it. Finest horn, right? I think, or will I it be down there? I, I think it's no. It's going to be there. It's that Augusta. Okay, so that's a you, you know you're playing. Landry didn't start the year scoring out these like they're doing it now. And, I mean, th- now you're going to see a different game concept from the Augusta coach when they do play. You're going to see a different from the young Harris when they play one more time. So, I mean. You're right. They're going to be back at finish horn. I'm sorry. So, anyway, that's a huge thing there. So, Greenwood's got to get out and support that game when it comes because that's the game we need. February 8th. If you're going to compete in, in the Peach Bowl Commons, you got to win that game. Because that, that's also about seeding. Yeah. And that's key when it comes to the basketball because the basketball, they play it. Where do they play their – Peach Belt plays where Aiken, or do well, they play they, it, or does it go Milledgeville? It's whoever wins the regular season will host the tournament. tournament. Okay, yeah. all right. So that that's even more important. <laughs> so <laughs> so that, it'll be down probably in Augusta. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and they have, like I said, they've got a nice little. They play at James Brown a lot, so that's interesting to see too. But um, like I said, I guess teams really good, but they're defensive and they 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 score points that way. They don't. It's not one of them up and downs, and that's where I think that's one thing that Omar has got to realize is that you're not going to be to nobody's going to get there and run with you. Not like that because they, a lot of play. But you talk about Jimmys and Joes. You play in a running gun team. You better have some Joes because Jimmy gonna get tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know they they talk about offense and defense and how good it is. Lander has the number one offense in the Peach Belt Conference as of right now. Flagler is behind them. Then you got Augusta at number three. If you look at the defense. Uh, George uh, Georgia Southwestern is number one, followed by Young Harris, North Georgia, Augusta. Lander doesn't come in till number seven. And I'm surprised Augusta's that low down too. That I figured they would probably have number one defense. Yeah, so you know, so yeah, 
<laughs> and uh, I mentioned Young Harris. They've got the number two defense that's there, but they've got the number six offense in the process of all this. So, um, you know, that shows the defense wins games as well as the offense does in that regard. But I think we're, we're just glad trying to see Lander be competitive. I mean, it's taken yeah. a couple of years with Omar. Uh, like I said, man, when you did an interview two or three years ago with him, I was looking for eligibility myself. But, I mean, <laughs> that, that guy you want to play for, and like I said, if you're Greenwood, you, here's what, how, how do you live in Greenwood and you, and you don't go to, well, Erskine we can see, but and, and you got a team that can put 100 points on the board, that's where I'm going to see. I want to see 100 points in basketball. I don't want to see a 50 40 game. That's your style. <laughs> that's your style. I want Loyola Marymount style, you know, 200 to 5. Yep. By like. the way, the number one free throw shooting team in the Peach Bell Conference is the Lander Bearcats. Frank, call him. Yep. <laughs> Telling <laughs> you. Call Omar. <laughs> call Omar. Because I did, I did some research on, on old Frank. He's, he's doing fairly well up there, but it's not, it's about like it was here. Um, free throw shooting's <laughs> atrocious. For him and I, sooner or later you're going to get it, man. If you want to win basketball games, gotta shoot free throws. Well, you got to coach them how to shoot. You're them. and you're and right. Then, and then you've got to practice shooting them and not just That's leave it up to the, yeah. and not just leave it up to the guys to go out there and shoot on their own. When they get a few minutes in between class, go down here and shoot a hundred free throws for me. And, and no, no, you, you got to have somebody there. You know, looking at the form, looking at everything they're doing, and picking up on what they're doing wrong, and correct. I agree. That's a, and that's the thing that we thought was you and I looked at each other when he did that little interview. Uh, mm-hmm. I was like, "What? <laughs> a coach saying this? We I don't practice free throws." I guess they're players saying it, but I mean, yeah. mm. a coach saying it. You're not even gonna have that in high school. <laughs> so. Yeah, but congratulations to the men. They've got a yeah, another big game that's going to be coming up uh, as well. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they play tomorrow night. Let me double check. So yeah, they got no, they got Clayton State today, three thirty. So that game oh, is also underway um, and moving as well. Let's see if I can pull up the stats as of right now. See if Graham Simpson can help me out, I was man. Say where you at, Graham? <laughs> I didn't even get the alert. Graham, Graham, so. Graham, Graham may be in class. So <laughs> he probably got out for that. One. Yeah. He probably got, they let him out for the games, home games like that. Yeah, you got to go. Yeah, yeah, this game is in Greenwood. So in the process of all that, and um, as of right now, I there it is. It's coming up slowly but surely. And actually, this game got moved to four o'clock today. Oh, so we got so that's time. why I don't have. So we got we you got time. It's got about fifteen minutes to get, to get there. there. <laughs> <laughs> so. To go along with it. All right. So we got the, those big wins that are going on. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening uh, as far as some of the things that are going on with the high school level that is here. You look at girls basketball. We made mention the Greenwood girls uh, did fairly well. The lady, they fell to the Greenville Red Raiders, though, 28-34 in this one. Uh, the record now is 0-2 in Region 1, but their next game is coming up tomorrow against Pickens. Um, at Pickens, as a matter of fact, that'll be a 6 o'clock game. Uh, Irana Warlaw, again, 14 points. She continues to dominate on the offensive side. Uh, Ty Johnson had six, and you had uh, Neve Gaines had four. Uh, Jaden Hill added two uh, to go along with all that. For Greenville, they, they spread it out fairly well between Briggs, Edwards, and Butler. Those were the top three scores for the Red Raiders. 
And then um, you look at Emerald. We mentioned a little bit at the beginning of the podcast about their big win over the Chester Hurricanes. And this one, uh, uh, another, uh, this one kind of surprised me. 53-15 to 15 the final in this game. And defense dominates, and that's what ended up happening with this one. Uh, as Danielle Oliver had 15 points, you had Cameron uh, Oliver adding 14. Uh, Junie Williams, she added 8 Gabby Parks had six points. Anthony Smith had three. Um, you know, it, it just the list keeps. I think everybody scored <laughs> when you look at the at the at the box breaks. But it's 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 huge. Fifty three, fifteen, the final. That's what you like, man. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what you like. I mean, you want to be a little bit more competitive, but. Yep. And then the guys for uh, Emerald, uh, the Vikings, they ended up. Uh, Taking down Chester 54 to 50, a little more competitive game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this one, uh, strong second quarter for them. Um, they had 11 points uh, lead leading into halftime. They, and then they ended up trailing from there only to come back and get the victory in the fourth quarter. They were led, of course, by none other than KJ Morton. Won a game, he had 17 points. Kenan Marshall showed out with 12 and uh, anchoring a strong defensive effort, I think, throughout the entire night because uh, I will tell you this Chester likes to run the football. Run the basketball. Like so, like to run the football. Like they're running the football. <laughs> mm-hmm. In that regard. But they'll be back in action tomorrow night. A huge region matchup going to be taking on Union County. Tickoff is at, tip-off is at 7.30. I'm stuck in the football stuck season. In the football. I'm still there, too. Uh, go along with it. And I did find <laughs> out that um, Greenwood did not win against Greenville uh, in that game. 66, I think 53 was the final in that game. Mm. Um, to go along with it. So uh, we'll have to see what's there. They remain um, with only five wins on the season. I think they're 5-13 and 13 as of right now. Wow. <laughs> so, Well, this coach will get that turned around. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's just going to take him a little time and get his system into place. And from what I understand, he, his best player is like a sophomore. Mm-hmm. So – there's better better things ahead. Well, we've got Donovan Boyles, too, who's a senior that is yeah. – I mean, he, he's your offensive guard. I like what Russ Point Gregg guard. said. He said, maybe we should start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's funny because Coach Carter, they're dancing and having a good time. So, I think he's trying to find every way to loosen the team up to play together. Like you said, chemistry with Dalen Royals, so many other guys. It's, it's, it's got to just gel. Like I said, we're still only, what, Two months out of football, yeah. So it takes a little bit of time for these guys. Yeah, we've man. only got about a month left of basketball. That's, that's all you that's got it. left. That's what I'm saying. And they barely have time to get it in to where they they're even in basketball shape, so to speak. But it'll come together. Like I said, it, it'll be an interesting tournament this year. I think, especially. So. All right, the final thing we're going to talk about here tonight, I, we don't talk a lot about 96 and what's going on, and i got to do a better job of getting them more involved. But they have two junior anglers right now that are ranked number one in the state of South Carolina, that being 14-year-old Gentry Long and 13-year-old Wells Schumann. Um, and they've been fishing for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as young as they are, they have been at it for quite a while. Um, they got a first place uh, with a 250-point finish at the Lake Russell uh, tournament back in December. That boosted them to the number one rankings in the junior Bassmaster division. Um, the two have also uh, fished in top ten finishes at Lake Hartwell in September, a ninth-place finish on Lake Kiwi back in October, and a top 15 finish on Lake Greenwood back in November to go along with all of this. Uh, but, you know, you look at, at – 
their their club, their their angler club over there at 96. Um, it's for students in 96 and also Edgewood Middle School, but it's funded by sponsors in around 96 that are there giving the students the opportunity to go out and be competitive with all of this. And it's not only a hobby. This for them is more uh, of a love for sport. Right, exactly. I mean, like I said, we never had this stuff when we were no, huh? in school. Like, you know, Brian with the with the hunting team and the skeet shooting and all this stuff here. I, we never had that when I was coming up. But like you said, the reason you don't – you do your diligence, man. I'm going to go ahead and bail you out on this. <laughs> if it wasn't for a certain guy up here at D.U.S., I wouldn't know nothing about Dixie Wrestling. I can tell you, but he, he's always sending me stuff so that I can put it on our site. Practices like Matt Baker does mm-hmm. with baseball and stuff. That's how we stay up is if you let us know stuff like this. And something like that you might catch maybe in the index, but I, I'm not sure. Well, that's where so, I found out most yeah. of this uh, where they were. They had a neat article this so, weekend. I mean, uh, with all of this, but uh, and congrats to Cam for putting this on there because he did a great job of it with the article as well. Now he did say that the uh, they've got four tournaments left this year, so if you want to go and catch them, you probably can. They're going to be fishing at Lake Hartwell on January 21st. They'll be at Clark's Hill February 18th. Then they've got the Young Bass Championship March 4th. That's uh, on Green Pond Landing at Lake Hartwell, Ooh, and wow. then Lake Murray at Drear Island on March the 11th. And then uh, they've got the championship. Uh, coming up on March 25th. And, you know, those are those could be some cold days on that water. They're going to be cold for days. Young, for those young men, you know, we just you just hope that it's at least 60 degrees that day. But uh, <laughs> So, congrats to those guys. We wish them the best. Hopefully, maybe we can get them on. That'd be yeah, fun. I need to try that. Also, uh, one big thing I've been seeing, I've been sharing on things, Orlando Wrestling is on fire right now. Yeah. So, if you hadn't been following Orlando Wrestling Greenwood, you're missing out on that, too, because we're talking about guys that are in the country rank. I can't remember the kid's name. Well, this week they've got, uh, what, number two for Lander in Division Two, And then they've got – they're taking on an NAIA team that has the number five wrestler. So, So, I mean, get out and look at some interesting stuff now. Going to be fun. Want to come on by and see Howard as well. His great staff, B-Rad's got the coldest beer in Greenwood. So, you need to come by and take part in all of that. Uh, enjoy the spirits that they've got here during happy hour at Howard's on Main, as well as the great food to go along with it. Amber and her staff do a fantastic job as well. And, of course, got to see Howard. He makes the best sandwiches in town. He does, man. Including the twice-baked potato and ribeye steak sandwich, which <laughs> we'll have this coming Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Mouth-watering already. All right, that's Dan Spivey. He is Chris Cox. I'm Tom Carroll. We are the Lakeland Sports Guys.